Well, this is a joyful day, isn't it? This is unbelievable. It's so good to be here. People thank, say, thank you for coming today. I said, man, this is a blessing to be here today. It's a joy to be here. It's such a privilege to be able to speak this morning on the roles and responsibilities of Christ's under-shepherds. That's what I'm going to title it. The metaphor of shepherd is used regularly throughout Scripture in reference to elders and pastors. 1 Timothy 3.1 tells us, If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. And today is a joyful day because these three men have heeded the call to a noble task. And I'm not going to keep looking back this way. I, we should, the, only, the only thing you messed up this morning, you should have them all three right here so we can look right there. We're gonna, so I'm going to speak to us all. But here's the reality. This moment hasn't arrived uh, merely um, in a vacuum or in a moment. It's, it's, it's arrived because of the result of their hard work, but also the ongoing faithfulness and the involvement of many in their lives. And these men would say that. So first of all, it's a joy to commend the elders of Kingsway Community Church for Matthew, for Chris, and Josh Sr. Thank you for your faithfulness to this church through the years. Your servanthood, your example, your witness, your care for God's people has made this day possible. Your godly leadership over Kingsway Church through thick and thin is the reason we're here today. Thank you so much. We are so grateful for you men. And then, and I also want to commend you, and I'm not doing this just for myself. I'm doing this on behalf of the pastors of our region. I get to serve this region as a leader. I'm doing this on behalf of Sovereign Grace. I want to commend Kingsway Community Church, the family here, the Church of God. Um, leaders are not best raised, they're not raised in a vacuum, and they're not best raised up in seminaries. Um, leaders are birthed and grown in a healthy local church. And the soil of that church is what raises up godly men. Thank you for being that church. From our region, from me, from Sovereign Grace, thank you for being that church over decades to reach this moment. We thank God. Our local church thanks God for you. Our region thanks God for you. Sovereign Grace thanks God for this church. We are so grateful for you. Give yourselves a hand. How about that? <laughs> For you, for you parents and family, I hope this, of, of these young men, I hope this is a, just a day of pure joy for you. What a, what a joy to be here. And finally, we want to thank and commend the wives of these men for joining them on this journey. Um, my wife thought she was marrying a dentist. She did marry a dentist. The journey went on a very different direction for like you men here um, this, did, this day wouldn't happen without your full support of these men. And we recognize that. And I do want to say this as well. You're, they wouldn't be here and ready today to pastor and be ordained without you. And your importance in their lives and future ministry cannot be overstated. So thank you so much for your standing beside these men when they heed the call. Because when they heed this call, it means a change in life for you as well. May the Lord fill you with grace, and may the Lord fill you with delight today as you watch your husbands being ordained. Thank you so much. Thank you. So grateful. That's true. 
Listen, today's a solemn day and a glorious day as well. Solemn because you've answered the call to lead and care for a people that are not your own, but the people of the Lord himself. It's a solemn day. It's not a somber day. This is, it's solemn because this is an awesome responsibility in every, in every manner of that word. It's a solemn responsibility. It's also a glorious day because, as Matthew said, godly leaders are gifts to Christ's church and an expression of his love and faithfulness to the church. It's a glorious day, folks. It's a glorious day. I'm going to talk briefly about three responsibilities and one overarching role of Christ's shepherds. Okay? Three responsibilities, one overarching role. It's going, to be, it's going to be to watch, it's going to be to feed, and it's going to be to lead, and then an overarching, overarching role. First of all, shepherds are called to keep watch. Acts 20, 28 says this, Keep watch over yourselves and the entire flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So first and foremost, you must, men, keep watch over your souls. Keep watch over yourselves. 1 Timothy 4, 16 and 17 says, Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist. Persist in this. For by doing so, you will save both yourselves. Listen, twofold. But you're going to save yourself and you're going to save your hearers by keeping watch over your souls. Watching your life closely with vigilance is going to be an ongoing need for the duration of your call in ministry. Brothers, persist in this. Persist in this. Regularly evaluate your words, your activities, your attitudes, and your priorities in light of God's word. Reflect, assess, confess where needed, repent, and adjust, not if it is needed, but when it is needed, because that's reality. We're all in process. Brothers, keep a close watch over yourselves. Proverbs 18.1 says this, He who isolates himself seeks his own desire. Do not isolate yourselves. Seek God's desire. Invite others into your lives to observe and assist you over the years. First of all, that wife that sits next to you. And wives, speak freely into your husband's lives. You are doing them a service and are being a blessing when you speak into their lives. And then also look for other godly men to speak into your lives as well. Invite them into your lives. So keep watch that you might turn from temptation and sin and the devil's snares, that you might love and serve the Lord with your whole heart, that you might not grow weary and lose heart, that you might set the believers an example, as Paul wrote Timothy, in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Keep a watch over your souls. The other area we keep watch is over the entire flock of God. Now, my dad was a dentist, but he was also, his passion, he loved dentistry, but he was a gentleman farmer. He raised cattle for years, and then in later years, because I had friends that showed sheep in 4-H, and I helped them and their family show sheep at various fairs and festivals at times, we got rid of the cattle and we bought sheep. And we didn't just have, we started with a few sheep, but you never end up with a few sheep. We started with a few sheep, and we ended up with about 180, 200 ewes we raised that we lambed out in the winter, 200, 250, 300 lambs. So we would have up to 400 or more sheep around our house and in our barn. In the summer, we put them out to pasture, but in the fall and the winter, the ewes were brought next to the, the fields next to our house. 
and uh, we, would, we would feed them, and they would, they would lamb through the winter. So I was, high, I was the person that helped with the sheep when I was in high school. Then I went off to college, and we had a family that were, were friends and neighbors. They had three boys. Each of them helped take care of the sheep. And then finally, after they were gone, my dad hired an older man named Walton Schrader. Walton Schrader's name has never been mentioned in any church in the country, I promise you. He was a dirt farmer. He wasn't educated. He wasn't sophisticated. He had no specialized skills. Uh, He hung around at the local cafe every day. You could find him in our town. It's a one-cafe town. Um, He drove an old truck. He was way past his prime physically when he began to help my dad. He had his own small group of sheep, a small flock of sheep, uh, and he walked around incessantly with a big chew of tobacco in, the, in his mouth. And it wasn't little. It was that. It was huge. Now, he wasn't just a hired hand, though. He was a man who had a shepherd's eye, and he knew sheep better than an Oxford scholar knows Latin. When I, was in, when I went to college, I wanted to be a veterinarian. My older brother became a veterinarian, so I thought, well, I can't move back to Franklin and be a veterinarian, so I changed the focus. But my undergraduate was in animal science, and so I had a lot of animal science courses and also had a sheep class, and in that class, they asked us to write a paper, and they would judge which one was the best at the end of the year, and they ended up judging mine as best. I had history because we'd raised sheep. I'd helped with it, and we'd had this class. I learned a lot about sheep, and they ended up actually sending that paper to all the sheep farmers in West Virginia, on how to improve the sheep industry in West Virginia. Here's the thing. Through college and through the training and through experience, I knew a lot about sheep. But Walton Schrader knew our sheep. He knew our sheep. Walton knew our sheep better than me or my dad. As I moved back home, I built a house in one of the fields where the sheep were kept. And so they were all around us in the winter. And Walton would come and feed the check on the sheep every day, at least once a day. And my kids would go out there to stand with Walton, and Walton would kind of talk to him with a chew in the side of his mouth. And it's a little bit hard to understand, and they would, they would learn to mimic him. they talk like this. But here's the thing. He would go out and feed those sheep, and he might be there. While he fed the sheep, he would do this, and even come other times a day. He would stand there with a bucket sitting beside him in his hand, and he would stand and watch those sheep. And he watched them. And you wonder, what is Walton doing? Does he have anything else better to do than just stand and stare at these sheep? And they're all out along the hillside. They're eating hay or whatever. Over time, he knew those sheep like the back of his hand. He knew all of them. He knew which ones were older. He knew which ones were younger. He knew which ones were sick, which one needed medicine, which one were weak or headstrong, which ones were about to have lambs so he could pin them up so they could have lambs, and then sometimes I'd go out and see Walton, and when i get around Walton, he would start telling me about our sheep. And my eyes would kind of glaze over, to be honest with you. But this time I wasn't helping with his sheep. But he would, knew how, he would look at that sheep and say, that you had two lambs last year, and she lost one of them. That one, had, that one had a single. That one is an outstanding mother. That one is bossy. you got to keep her away from the other sheep. He knew them all. And I say to say this, brothers, we, we, we are trained to know a lot about the church, a lot about sheep. God calls us to do more than that. He says, know your sheep. Watch over your sheep. As you stand in this role, you are called to watch your life closely and you're called, brothers, to be shepherds, 
who watch over the Lord's sheep. And he knows them all by name. That's the shepherd. That's who he follows. So, first of all, we're called to watch over ourselves and the flock of God. Secondly, and you know the shepherds are called to feed the sheep. Second Timothy, until I come, devote yourself, Paul wrote, to the public reading of Scripture, to the exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift of you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid on their, hand, their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed for us. He said, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. This book, this book alone is inspired by God. And more than any other book, it's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. That the people of God might be equipped for every good work. Brothers, we've, this is the feed for the sheep. This is what we're called to give. This is the book that will make us wide to salvation. This is a pure spiritual milk will help us to grow up in all things in godliness. Many tasks will vie for your time, I promise you. Many tasks as you go back to Namibia will variety. You brothers will we'll, we'll vie for your time and attention. And you must give time and attention to those things. But you must devote yourself. You must not neglect. You must immerse yourself. You must mind the riches of this book. For the purpose, yes, for your own life, but primarily for the purpose of instructing and training and feeding the flock of God. Feeding the flock of God. Brothers, feed and teach and counsel God's inerrant, infallible, and sufficient word. Give yourself to that. Word that's rightly divided and clearly explained. God's word alone is authoritative and sufficient for life and godliness. Brothers, be men of the word. Be men of the word. So we need to watch, we need to feed, and then third, shepherds are called to lead. Keep watch over yourselves and the entire flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. The Holy Spirit has called you to be an overseer, and the call to eldership is a call to lead. This is your God-given responsibility to Christ's church. Woe to you if you allow the world to lead your church. Woe to you if you abdicate your responsibilities to others within the church. Brothers, the call to eldership, the call to shepherding is a call to lead the flock of God. You're you're called to serve the king of kings as his appointed overseers, so lead with all humility. These sheep are not our own. Lead with all humility, lead with grace, lead with wisdom, lead with much counsel from others, lead patiently and with forbearance, aware that you too Walk the path of progressive sanctification. You won't be the pastor. You will be 10 years from now. You're walking the path of sanctification yourself as one of God's sheep. We're sheep. We're God's people. And that includes as well the call to eldership is a call to protect and to guard. So lead with dogged courage. Another verse. Paul writes, the vision elders, he spoke to the vision elders when we read it in Acts 20, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Be alert. Watch. Be courageous. As in Paul's days, so in ours. Protect, 
courageously from wolves and liars without. Be courageous and protect from wolves and false teachers that may come up from within. Be courageous leaders. Be courageous. God has called you to this role. And finally, it brings us to the overarching role of the shepherd, of a shepherd, Christ under shepherd in the church. And that role is this. We are called to lead as men after God's own heart. We are called to lead after men's of God, after God's own heart. Hundreds of years before Christ, during a time of adulterous rebellion by the Israelites, God promised in Jeremiah 3.15 that one day I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Brothers, brothers, you're a partial fulfillment of this verse. This verse. I will give you shepherds after my own heart. Your overarching role as an elder is to communicate and display the very heart of God towards his people. That's what we're called to do. Acts 20, 28 says this, Be shepherds of the church of God, and then this phrase, which he purchased with his own blood. And doesn't that one short sentence express the heart of God towards his people like no other? Which he purchased with his own blood. The only begotten Son, the heir of all things, through whom God created the world, the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, the one who upholds the universe by the word of his power, this Son, because of God's love, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds, we are healed. The heart of God is seen most clearly through this son because we have all like sheep going astray. We have each one turned to his own way and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. The one true shepherd shows his love for us in that he laid down his life for the sheep and he did that while we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners. Isn't that amazing? The good shepherd died for us. So Josh and Queen and Caleb, him we proclaim. Caleb, him we proclaim. Quinn, him we proclaim. We proclaim the Son. And we proclaim him because he who has seen the Son sees the Father's heart. We proclaim him. That sacrificial love is what we are to model. It's what we are to proclaim. That is the role we are to fulfill, never straying far and ever leading our people closer and closer to the cross on which the Prince of Glory died. Stay near the cross. So, brothers, as you care for the flock of God, keep watch over your life and the entire flock that God gives you. Feed your people with God's sufficient, infallible word. Lead them as their overseer, called by the Spirit. And be a shepherd after God's own heart as revealed by the one who laid down his life for the sheep. And may the Lord abundantly bless your ministry. May he give you years of ministry and people you serve. May you serve them for their eternal good to the praise of God's glorious grace until you hear on that day, well done, good and faithful servant. God bless you, man. God bless you, man.